Hello, and welcome to the Lemon Tree Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Allison Sukamelli. Each week, I'll be taking the science of positive psychology, adding a little humor, and through evidence-based research, provide you with tools and strategies to help you live a life of peace and purpose. In this episode, I'll be talking about true self-love and acceptance, romantic true love, lying by omission, how they are intertwined, and what it all means. But first, looking for a gift to bring joy to someone? Check out The Flourishing Co.'s Joy Journal at theflourishingco.com. The author of The Flourishing Co.'s Joy Journal, Angela Reiner, was my guest on episode number 30 if you would like to hear directly from her about the inspiration behind The Flourishing Co.'s Joy Journal. So take a listen if you missed it. And teachers, looking for free resources and lesson plans? Check out The Lemon Tree by AKS on TPT, formerly known as Teachers Pay Teachers. I'm constantly adding new resources and lessons each week, several of which I mention on the podcast. Some of the free resources include the morning routine template, mindfulness exercises, and three positive things to be used in the classroom or at home. So again, check it out on TeachersPayTeachers.com. My shop name is The Lemon Tree by AKS. And you can also find a link in the show notes. And finally, if you'd like some daily inspiration, you can follow me on Instagram at The Lemon Tree Coaching. I post quotes and make book recommendations from time to time. Currently in my reading stack, to only name a few, I have The State of Affairs by Esther Perel and Homebody by poet Rupi Kaur. Highly, highly recommend both. Okay, let's get into this week's episode. Welcome back to TLT. This episode is in fact inspired by a poem by Rupi Kaur about acceptance in which she writes, It's easy to love the nice things about ourselves, but true love is embracing the difficult parts that live in all of us. That is true, too, of intimate relationships. It is easy to love or be loved for our nice parts, but if we don't share or reveal to our partners the dark parts, our whole selves, then who are we loving or who are they loving? An idea? An illusion? Why do you keep hiding things from your partner? Is this a relationship red flag? Experts weigh in on all of these questions And this behavior of hiding things from our intimate partner is detrimental to the relationship. And Talia Wiemet, spelled O-U-I-M-E-T, VIP matchmaker, dating coach, and author, says honesty is an absolute must in relationships. And lying by omission is not okay either. Psych Central explains lying by omission is the deliberate act of leaving out important details so the truth is skewed or misrepresented. It's the counterpart of lying by commission or using false direct statements. According to licensed clinical social worker LCSW Haley Hicks, lying by omission is a manipulation of the truth often used to cover up mistakes or avoid uncomfortable conversations. People avoid uncomfortable conversations to keep the peace, but peace isn't the goal of a relationship. Love is. And when we love someone, we have the hard conversations in the service of that love. That's from Jillian Turecki. 
Some examples of lying by omission include leading a potential romantic partner to believe that you just ended a long-term relationship when you haven't, not mentioning to your partner that you ran into an ex, telling your partner you are attending an event but really go to another event instead, or after the event you told them about. There's just so many examples, but more importantly, such behaviors undermine the foundation of the relationship in that trust and vulnerability are being eroded, and this includes a loss of authenticity. By not sharing the complete truth or withholding what we deem to be the bad parts of ourselves, This misrepresentation of truth in the relationship is damaging and you might as well be wearing a mask as you aren't being your authentic self. The person that loves you is not in love with you, but an idea of you that really doesn't exist. Thus, there is not a genuine connection and love truly does not exist. You are merely representing yourself in a way that you think is acceptable to your partner rather than being who you truly are. Someone should love you for who you authentically are. The good parts, the bad parts, the dark parts, the parts that you find hard to accept about yourself. Loving all parts of you, this is true love. Such relationships built on inauthenticity and mistrust may experience emotional distancing and feelings of inadequacy. The relationship is almost guaranteed to deteriorate due to the breakdown of communication and intimacy. This also may result in stagnation or the inability of the relationship to grow through a natural process. There just won't be any progress towards maintaining authenticity, true self-love, and or true love. And if you are caught lying by omission, the damage is the same, if not worse, than telling a bold-faced lie. This will lead to distrust, the betrayed may become more guarded and distant, as well as possessive and forever suspicious. Lack of honesty should be a deal-breaker in any relationship. Your partner should know you as your true self, and you should know them as their true self. And as Talia says, your partner is there to help you in any way he or she can, and they're also supposed to accept you for who you are and your flaws. What are the main reasons that someone hides things from their partner? Well, licensed clinical psychologist Sean Flannery says, The behavior stems from a conscious or subconscious decision that the relationship isn't safe enough for authentic interaction. The lying may be due to low self-worth or fear of abandonment if you show your true self. All of these things, all of this editing, may contribute to why someone hides things from others, especially romantic partners. And in her book, The Inner Work of Age, Shifting from Role to Soul, Dr. Connie Zweig, spelled Z-W-E-I-G, says that we all tend to look for answers to problems in the light of awareness among those beliefs or strategies that we already know. But the keys hide in the darkness, beneath the boundary of awareness, in the invisible world. She notes that the ego's goals are not the real tasks of life, especially late life. 
Our tasks now require us to move our attention from the exterior world to the interior one, from the ego's role in society to the soul's deeper purpose. And I agree with her definition of soul, in which she describes as the essence, this thing, this aspect of every human being that connects us to the universal spiritual nature of everything. Or as Thich Nhat Hanh says, we are all leaves of one tree. We are all waves of one sea. We are children of the earth and not separate from the soil, the forest, the rivers, and the sky. We share the same destiny. And it really hurts me, almost traumatizes me, when people laugh and sensationalize the suffering of another being, be it a human, an animal, anything really that grows or evolves. But suffering of any kind should not be treated as a photo or video opportunity to exploit on social media to feed our ego and get attention. Rumi also reminds us, your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. And Zweig asks us to move our attention more and more toward the soul so we can diminish the ego's grip and attune to a deeper call. What does the soul ask of us now? Our identity or self-sense at any moment can be rooted in ego or rooted in soul. It's not what we're doing, but how we're doing. Our state of mind, that makes a difference. Focus more on nourishing the soul. She also notes that contemplative practices like yoga, meditation, and psychedelics to quiet the mind expand our awareness and inter-alter states do have their limitations and do not bring emotional healing or repair from trauma. First, we need to break through denial with shadow work. I talk about shadow work in episode number 36 if you want to take a deeper dive than we're going to do here. And second, we need to activate the next stage of our soul's development with a contemplative practice like meditation or silent prayer. And third, maintain mortality awareness to be fully present and use our time well. So what does all of this mean? Well, breaking through denial, and I wholeheartedly believe that denial destroys lives, but Zweig calls breaking through denial shadow awareness. The shadow is our personal unconscious, the part of our mind that is behind or beneath our conscious awareness. It's like the sun. We can't look directly at it. It's like a blind spot in our vision. Therefore, we need to learn how to seek it, connect with it, and face it. But if the shadow is so dark and twisty, why do we want to seek it? The shadow holds the keys to removing the inner obstacles that block us from finding the treasures. For example, as a child, if our sadness is shamed, it gets exiled into the shadow. If our anger is punished, it gets pushed into the shadow, and so on. Our ego develops to accommodate the loss of those authentic feelings. And Zweig says the shadow is like a dark room in which our feelings, dreams, and images lie dormant. Shadow work is like the process of development in which our feelings, dreams, and images come back to life. And if we don't address these things, we deny our reality and reject a part of ourselves, 
we carry a heavy burden of shame and opportunities are lost. And the poet Robert Bly, in a little book on the human shadow, also referenced in Connie Zweig's The Inner Work of Age, describes the shadow like this. When we are young, we carry behind us an invisible bag into which we stuff any feelings, thoughts, or behaviors that bring disapproval or loss of love, anger, tears, neediness, laziness. By the time we go to school, our bags are already a mile long. In high school, our peer groups pressure us to stuff the bags with even more. Individuality, sexuality, spontaneity, different opinions. The nature of the shadow is to hide and to remain outside of awareness. Zweig says the process of slowly bringing the shadow into awareness, shedding light on the darkness, forgetting and remembering it again, is the nature of shadow work, and we eventually learn to create a conscious relationship with our shadow and reduce its power to unconsciously sabotage us. I didn't intend for this episode to become shadow work part two, but again, if you want to learn more about shadow work, listen to episode number 36, read The Inner Work of Age, Shifting from Role to Soul by Connie Zweig, PhD, and a little book on the human shadow by Robert Bly. And reminder that Zweig's second key or piece of advice when it comes to moving into late life is we need to activate the next stage of our soul's development with a contemplative practice like meditation or silent prayer. She calls this stage pure awareness and teaches shadow work in conjunction with meditation. She defines pure awareness as a state in which the mind, having gone beyond itself, is silent open, resting, and simply aware of awareness. So a lot to unpack there. She recommends that we cultivate this practice or awareness preventively and not when we're in the midst of physical or emotional crisis, grasping for solutions. We need to build a life raft now by cultivating a practice that brings us back to our center every day, not when the tidal wave is on the horizon. This goes beyond ourselves as well in that we're all interconnected. When we act from a silent center, we reduce the chaos and the noise rather than add to it. And Zweig provides several anecdotes in her book and of course elaborates on everything I'm mentioning here. And the third thing she says we need to do as we age and move into later stages of life is maintain mortality awareness to be fully present and use our time well. We need to do this to make the most of our lives. Death can be denied or it can be a teacher. And dealing with mortality was part of my master's in psychology program at Pepperdine University. Of course, everyone in the class was initially horrified when we were assigned to do a presentation on death, or more specifically, someone in our lives who had died. Long story short, it was probably one of the most valuable and well-received presentations given in a class across the board. And I don't mean my presentation, I mean everyone's and the whole experience. People have such unique stories and we were all free to express ourselves however we wanted to for the assignment on death. And I think that really helped us to embrace the assignment and death rather than fear it. 
Anyhow, the bottom line, according to Dr. Zweig, is that eventually we can learn to create a conscious relationship with our shadow and reduce its power to unconsciously sabotage us. And to recap from the start, Rupi Kaur writes, It's easy to love the nice things about ourselves, but true self-love is embracing the difficult parts that live in all of us. That is true too of intimate relationships. It is easy to love or be loved for our nice parts, but if we don't share or reveal to our partners the dark parts, our whole selves, then who are we loving or who are they loving? An idea? An illusion? Don't be afraid to do the work and honestly arrive at self-love or true love in a relationship. Don't you deserve to be whole and get everything you've ever wanted? Food for thought. Okay, so there you have it for this week. Short and sweet and to the point. Recommended readings related to this episode include The State of Affairs by Esther Perel, Homebody by Rupi Kaur, The Inner Work of Age, Shifting from Role to Soul by Dr. Connie Zweig, Lying by Omission by Psych Central, and That's a Red Flag, Expert Explains Why You Keep Hiding Things from Your Partner by Futhi Masilia. If you like my show, please follow or subscribe wherever you are listening so you don't miss an episode. And don't forget to leave a rating and a review. Much gratitude if you take a moment to do so. And if you are interested and would like to receive daily inspiration via social media, you can join the Lemon Tree Coaching community on Instagram at the Lemon Tree Coaching. I post meaningful quotes from my weekly readings and recommend books from time to time. So check it out and see if it's for you. And teachers, you may want to check out my TPT store called The Lemon Tree by AKS. There are some free lessons you can download or explore the shop for more. Again, my shop is The Lemon Tree by AKS on TeachersPayTeachers.com. And thank you for listening. This is Dr. Allison Sukamele saying, it's been a pleasure sharing this space with you. And until next time, have fun, be safe.